Chipping away at the block Cause I know that life ain't love And when I go to sleep I dream the best parts of me will come alive But when I see that morning light I know Chris by my side Chipping away, chipping away with me Hello, everybody, and happy Motivational Monday. I am really overwhelmed with just honor and blessing for this next guest. She is one of my favorite people in the entire world. She says it like it is. She's absolutely beautiful. She is an actress based in New York City, but also will travel wherever you pay her. So like hit her up. She's also the best guinea pig mom I've ever met in my life. We will hear about Wally throughout this episode. You literally can't get her to not talk about this guinea pig. So I'm apologizing ahead of time. Uh, today we have with us Haley Griffith. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to put you on blast right at the beginning of the Honestly, episode. So get I out of the way. It, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> you look beautiful today. And I'm really excited for you to come on and kind of share your story. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on here. I was, I told you, I'm, I was hyped up when you asked me. <laughs> it's like, when we get in quarantine, it's like the little things. It's like, oh, you want a FaceTime? Yes. I have I'm like human interaction. Do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm starving for it. People are Please. like, we, the episode ended an hour ago. I, I should probably leave. And I'm like, but I haven't spoken to people other than my family. Like, please keep talking to me. <laughs> like, I am so alone. Please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I think we'll just kind of start at the beginning. Um, I want to uh, not trigger warning, but definitely um, put kind of a preface at the beginning. I think there are a lot of men and women who both struggle with this. Um, women more talked about, but even then it's still kind of a stigma um, as we're trying to break down those barriers. Um, but there are also men who struggle with this and um, just kind of everyone in general, I think, has some kind of body image um thing going on. I know that you are a very beautiful person that wants to help other people through this. You've been very open and honest about your story. I know that when I've struggled and things have triggered me back into old habits um, with my personal eating disorder, you've been a really great advocate to go to. And you're like, hey, girl, no. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> oh, I figured we just kind of start at the beginning of your story with everything. Yeah. So you know, for me, it really, I think it really started when I got into college. Although I, I, when I think back, I can, I can see, you know, the behavior of an eating disorder throughout high school, uh, especially my senior year of, you know, if, if I would be upset about something, I wouldn't eat. Or if I was, uh, I was, you know, getting ready for like prom, I was like, oh, well, I have to look good. So I shouldn't eat. So like little things like that, I had noticed now that I think kind of was leading the way. And then right before I started college, I switched birth controls and I didn't think anything of it until I gained like 10 pounds in two weeks, which, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which, you know, is a shock for anyone. Cause it's, you know, it just came out of nowhere and I wasn't, I didn't change anything. I didn't do anything different. Um, and I think that really was what kind of triggered that fear. Um, mm -hmm. because it was, you know, it wasn't what I was used to. I was, I was a very slim child, um, I was very tall and gangly. So it was like a, a big, and it really, and the thing is when I say 10 pounds, 
it, I was at a normal weight at 10 pounds up. I, I wasn't overweight. I was at a normal, healthy weight, but in my brain, that was like a failure. Um, For sure. Yeah. So I, so, you know, my beginning freshman year of college was really struggling with all of that. Um, and you know, you gain that freshman 15. It's, it's a bitch. It's real. Oh. It's real. Oh, I don't no. even know if I can even claim 15. I was probably hitting like <laughs> freshman 20, oh, 25. Honestly, me too. Oh, I say 15, yeah. but I'm like, well, I don't know. We, we were eating dollar pizza at like 2 a.m. on the reg. <laughs> so it was not oh, a that good was, thing for me. Oh, I would drink so much alcohol and then yes. like stuff my face with grilled cheese, which is fine. But I think because I never, you know, you don't, I didn't drink when I was in high school because I was like a bubble child and I was terrified of being caught by my parents. So when, you know, I was, oh my God, I would do any, I was like, mom, please don't be mad at me. I love you. (laughs) So I think, uh, you know, when you go to college, a lot of, you have more freedom than you ever have before. Um, so I think, you know, you, you, you experience things in excess because you're like, well, now I have this, so let's do it. Um, and then I remember coming home, I think it was winter break. Um, and I had weighed myself and I panicked and I was like, oh my God oh my God, this is, that's so much more than I normal. And, and it freaked me out. So then that kind of, that was honestly kind of the part that got me really deep into it. So I would, I worked out all the time. I, you know, was trying to like do the stupid, like all those weird diets that you see, you know, I was trying anything. Um, And then, you know, it's shitty, but we're in an industry that's, you know, you're for women, your body is a huge part of it. And yeah. And even for men though, you have oh, a man oh with God, a beautiful heart and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have muscles. So right. you can't Which play is, a leading man. And that's exactly. like, that's just so not all leading men look horrible. like a Nicholas Sparks novel cover. So <laughs> it, exactly. That's not the reality. That's not real life, which I think, you know, is, is crappy for anyone, you know, any, any gender, any, any person, it's a shitty thing that people put on you. And, you know, I remember when I was, I started modeling when I was a kid, when I was maybe like 10, 11. And I was at a photo shoot just for like a mag, just for like a clothing store. And I remember they put a shirt on me and they were like, oh, this, no, this looks too fat on her. Like she looks too fat in this. And I was 10. 10. I was 10. Thank God my mother wasn't in the room because she would have absolutely destroyed them. Lost it. But uh, that's still like something I had in the back of my head. And then I did a TV show. Um, my It was my freshman year of college. Um, and it wasn't SVU. I'm just going to say that because SVU was amazing. And they're the greatest people ever. But I did a TV show my and freshman year. And you guys year. have to go see her reel for the SVU. Oh, oh my she's God. in like the stoplight party in bright green. <laughs> and I'm like, what is Dude, happening with the amount episode? that I got mocked for that line? All my friends would be like, and red green means go. Like, I was like, damn it. <laughs> but, yes. But no, they were amazing and very, very body positive there. Um, but a different show I did. Um, I remember I, we had a bikini scene and uh, I'm happy that I think the industry has changed a bit now that, um, you know, there it's more normal, normal, healthy bodies now versus, you know, I I think back in 2012 and that whole, for a couple of years, it was a very androgynous, very, um, uh, no curve, no curve, very very stick. And the show I was on the, the leads were sticks. They were tiny. They, they were, and I wasn't that I was a very curvy, busty woman. 
Yeah, because um, even through all of this, you have bigger boobs. Oh, just man. to like yeah, oh, yeah, point that out. I'm right. I'm jealous of it all the time. I'll be out to <laughs> drinks and I'm like, damn, what what would that be like? It's a gift and a curse, you know. <laughs> but I but to be, even regardless through all of this, you've had right. curves. So it wasn't right. like you got rid of that. You've always been curvaceous, especially up top. Right, right. So I remember I and I've always been I've wore like for swimsuits I've always have worn a larger top than I have bottoms. That's just all because you know because I'm because I was really that's bucky and I am that that's how you got to do it. Um, yeah. So I remember the uh, the clothing the the wardrobe department. The first thing they did was they put me in a shirt and we were standing in front of a mirror trying it on. And I remember the uh, wardrobe guy came up and started pinching my lower fat on my stomach. And was like, oh, while oh you're God. in a shirt, while I was in a shirt and said, oh, God, no, we can't. We got to get you something else. This doesn't look good. So I was already in a bad you're place mentally in college. Yes, I was already in a bad place mentally with my body. So like that on its own was very triggering. And then um, and then again, with that company, with that show, uh, we had to do a swimsuits like a, a beach scene, which I was dreading. And I remember they they called me and asked for my sizes. So I brought in, I, I told them I'm a large top and a small bottoms. And they were like, okay, great. So when I get there, I see a bunch of the same swimsuit. But I was like, um, and they said, so we got you a large top, but we also got you a large bottom. Um, just because, you know, that we think that's more fitting. And I was like, can I try the small? And they were like, yeah. And it fit perfectly. And they were like, oh, Oh, wow. Huh. I guess that does work. And I was like, what do these people think? Why would, why would you ever say that to anyone? Why? If I tell like, huh? Like, sure. It's it's being in the industry. I feel because I was on the TV show, um, my past TV show and I was in, um, costume and they're fitting me for wardrobe and everything like that. And the, um, stylist goes, Oh my God, thank God you didn't lie about your sizes. And I looked at her and I was like, what? And she was like, well, every time that we have people submit their sizes, I always pull a size smaller and like two sizes bigger because actresses lie about their sizes <gasps> all the time. And it was me and my co-star. And I was uh, like, I, I don't know how to respond what? to that. I don't feel like that's true, but like, how am I to right. know? I'm not the one dressing every single episode of a TV show, but it, right, I don't, but I don't understand why that's a thought process as well in wardrobe. And it's right. happened on two different TV shows where they'll have the same option in like three different sizes. And I'm like, I emailed you my sizes, you know, exactly right. what size I wear. And like, it's what, like, it's also, it's probably not lying about your size. It's that brands have dip, every dip, brands with different, different. Yes. Yeah. I, I have like jeans where like the sizes are all over the place. They're all like, I have, I have jeans. They're not all the same size, but when you hold them up together, they are exactly the same size. So it's, so it's so rude that she would say you're lying when also it's, it's companies. Companies don't get the same. It's not a one, one size fits all. It's not. That's oh and my even God, when it does so say one size fits all, it doesn't fit everybody. So oh, that's exactly. a lie. I hate like, those tags. I'm oh, like, I'm like, no. oh, oh my God. It makes me so angry. I'm like, one size fits all really. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Okay. Your, your version of <laughs> like all the is okay, of the traveling pants. I'm like, yeah. No, I'm like, oh, you're, you're 1%. Okay, great. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah, so, so you that, put on the small bikini yep, bottoms and they, and and they fit, fit perfectly. And they were absolutely shocked. Um, so then, you know, from that, 
yeah. So from that point on, it really, uh, that kind of stuff really triggered me. And, and especially, you know, I having the other two girls who were ext- extremely skinny be the leads that then puts in your head, oh, well, if I'm not, a, if I'm not the lead on this and they are, is that what they're looking for? And, yeah. and, you know, so a lot of that kind of played into when my eating disorder started. And then it just honestly, absolutely spiraled, spiraled out of control from that point on. Uh, and, and it got really bad. My junior to senior year was because sophomore year, I could still play it off as, well, I'm just getting healthy. And I'm just working out for the first time, like really a lot. And I didn't realize how much it was. Um, and I, I, you know, I could still put it as I'm just trying to be healthy. I'm just trying to get in shape. I'm just, you know, and then I think going into my junior year, I, it was really hard to avoid that problem and that, that excuse, because it was clearly not, um, it was clearly not that I couldn't see it, you know, because my brain was so, so messed it's up. It's not and so where backwards. your thought process is. Right. Your, yeah. your brain is completely switched. You're, you're like almost delusional that you, you know, the way you're thinking, so, uh, yeah, so junior year was when I was really, uh, I noticed a lot of changes happening and, uh, a lot of, you know, relationships were falling apart because I, I couldn't function as a person. I was, I was just sad all the time and I didn't want to do anything. I had no energy to go anywhere. I was mean. I was so mean. It made me like a really awful person. Um, and, and so, so then like my se- going into my senior year was when, that really kind of, uh, I think when that really made the switch, cause I was set up, I was set up with a, uh, therapist, a specialized, cause I had had therapy before, um, for, for my eating disorder because, you know, people had seen it was a problem and, uh, and I was like, well, I should probably get some sort of therapy for this, but you know, the, ther- if you don't have a specialized therapist, it's, it's sometimes harder for them to understand, and I had a lot of people oh, yeah. being like, well, look at you. You're gorgeous. Why would you ever think that? Just don't think that way. And I'm like, okay. Like, and oh, then get right on that. I was like, oh, cool. Let me just totally change my whole outlook on this. Great. Thank you. I didn't think of that to just not think of myself. $500 that totally. later. Done. Yeah, I'm like, wow. Amazing. <laughs> so groundbreaking. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I had, uh, so I, I, was, uh, recommended to a, uh, specialized therapist, which was great because they know their stuff. And a lot of them, I know my therapist had had suffered from eating disorder for years. So she, she knew everything and, uh, and it's way, way harder to get away with bullshit with them. Like they can see through it. They know the tactics, they know the excuses. So I, I found myself, you know, being faced with it more than I, uh, expected, Um, but I still really wasn't ready to make a change. And I got with a nutritionist, um, who is amazing. And I, I still work with, and I still work with my, uh, therapist and my nutritionist. It was, you know, about finding the right one because I didn't for so long, I found one and it was terrible and she didn't really get it. And, and, you know, it, it was not eating disorder forward, you know, it was very much like, well, okay, well you can't, it was very shaming kind of. Uh, so then I got with a specialized eating disorder nutritionist, which changed everything. Um, and then I got with a meal coach, which I owe everything to my meal coach, Sarah. She moved away and I'm so, I'm still upset about it, but, um, she is, she was the greatest person I've ever met. 
And what we would do is we'd go out to eat. We would meet two times a week. And the first time we would go out to eat and we would just have a meal together and like talk through it, talk about, you know, how we're feeling. And then the second day uh, during the week, we'd meet up and we would just talk about the benefits of food and how to meditate through eating and, you know, how to, how to change my thought process of what I think good and good and bad foods are. Um, but I, again, I still really wasn't in a place to, I, that I, I was taking it all in, but I really wasn't committed to changing because I didn't, yeah, I just didn't want to, it was a scary thing to think of giving it up because I thought it meant all these other things. Um, and it was kind of like a security blanket. Like when you don't have control over something, you can just control this one thing. Uh, yeah. so, so then and my to get senior... you to these points oh, yeah. with the no. coaches and the nutritionists and yeah. the therapists, what was the inspiration and like push towards doing these things? Was it like friends and family? Cause I don't think you did it yourself just from the little of yeah, your no, stories. No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like people set you up with it and you kind of just went along with it. Was that kind of how that transpired? Yeah. So amazingly, uh, my ex-boyfriend, he, you know, cause he was with me at the time and he, he had seen it get really, really bad. Uh, so he had reached out to, uh, a, a friend of a friend's mom who was a therapist and specialized in this stuff and asked her for help. And she was amazing and gave a contact for a therapist. And then, he reached out to my parents and was like, I really think this is something we need to address. And so my parents took me to the therapist and, you know, so it was, uh, my boyfriend and my parents were then like, okay, we have to figure this out and we have to help her with this. Cause like, clearly I was not, I didn't see anything was wrong. I was like, well, this is just how it is. Like, I'm just going to live like this. Well, it's very um, addiction mindset. I oh, feel. Yeah. And it, yeah, every eating disorder is different. I do want to preface that. Obviously, there are varieties of eating disorders. Right. Um, I think you and I both suffered from anorexia. Yeah. Um, but there is binging and purging and there's bulimia. There's a multitude of different eating disorders and how they manifest. And I just want to make that clear because I know that some people listening to this, it's not something that they're aware of or it's not something right. that they know information about. Um, yeah. I feel that eating disorders are very, very similar to addiction to where it's obsessive behavior. It's mm -hmm. all you can think about. It's this need and this thought, and you will push everything aside to do what you feel is right. Mm -hmm. And that is counting calories. It's that empty feeling in your body. And then that's what makes you feel successful and validated mm -hmm. and pretty. And you don't talk about it with other people. And so oh. it's a it's a huge um, variety. And so anyone listening who's suffering from a variety of different eating disorders, like this may not be exactly your story, right. um, but I feel everyone's journey is different. And um, I just wanted to preface that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is just, this is just my story. Everyone's is different. I, you know, ev everyone has different issues and with different reasons for it. But again, this is just, this is just my experience. Um, <laughs> this is just me. This is just me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so then, so that kind of got me with the therapist and then the therapist had recommended that I work with a nutritionist and a meal coach. Um, so then I, you know, I begrudgingly was like, oh, all right, fine. Um, and so, yeah, so I really wasn't on board with any of it. Um, and then my senior year came around and I, uh, my relationship ended, uh, you know, understandably, it wasn't even really a relationship at this point. I couldn't contribute anything to it. Um, I really pushed my family away a lot because I fought with them all the time. Cause I was just, I was just angry and exhausted and I just didn't have any, you know, any room for it. And they were very, uh, 
they were very concerned and would cry to me and talk to me. And I, I just remember feeling so guilty that I couldn't, I didn't, I just felt like I couldn't even recover for them because it was just so bad that I was like, I don't even think I can do this for them. You know, it, it, it felt, it was a lot of guilt. Um, so I went into my senior year with all of that going on. And, uh, and I just remember like crying on my, in my room, on my floor, in my, in my dorm room, just crying that like, I, I just didn't know where to go from this point because I was at a point where I couldn't function anymore. I, you know, my hair was like falling out and frizzing. My period was very irregular and not there a lot. I, you know, I was cold. I was exhausted. My body hurt all the time. Um, and I really didn't do anything. I would work out and I would go in my room because I had nothing. I had nothing to give. Um, and I just remember being like, I, I know this has to end, but I don't, I don't know if I can. I'm like, I think I'm just gonna, I can't imagine living my, the rest of my life like this, but I don't see an out. Um, and then it was, my one of my acting classes we were doing a scene in in class and i i was in the middle of a scene and like honestly for me all i had at that point was acting i really didn't have anything else nothing was i pushed everything else away and all my friends away and so that was all i had so i remember i was doing an acting scene and just in the middle of the scene i just passed out and i you know came to and and everyone's sitting there staring at me and I was just embarrassed. And, and for me, it was, it was kind of like at that moment that I had lost everything. I, I didn't even have the one thing that could make me happy anymore. Um, so that, that for me was kind of my, okay, something, I, I can't live like this. Something has to change. And I know it's scary, but I think I just have to bite the bullet and, and just do it because I, I just, I couldn't be this miserable all the time. Yeah. And then that's so when at I that started. point it had been like four years and yeah. the developing making and so on and so forth. Yeah. So it was a lot wow. to unlearn. <laughs> yeah. And how is that process unlearning these ideals? And also, I mean, I, we talk about the patriarchy and women's yeah. bodies and making us hate ourselves and things like right. that. But it's true throughout society, women are told you need to look this way. Hey, right. your waist needs to be like non-existent, but you better have right. an ass or else like, what are you yep. doing here? It, and the rest of us are like, I have hips. Yeah. And that's all. I'm, I'm like, what, so, what does that mean for me? So, yeah. So how is that unlearning all of this that not even society is telling you, you need your industry yeah. is telling you, you need, but yeah. your inner voice that you have trained and that you trust and that you are obsessed with is also telling you, this is how life is. This is what you need to do to be happy and survive. When obviously that's not true, but it's right. hard to not listen to that. Right. Right. It, you know, it was a long process, but I think, I think what really helped me was in my in my brain and when i when i talked to my my specialists the thing that i realized from talking to them and you know that they they stressed to me is that i'm sick right now and my brain has been overtaken by this eating disorder and i can't trust it anything that it's telling me is not true and they're professionals they know this they, this is why they They're have all those degrees. <laughs> yeah. This, this is why they have all those degrees and why they've helped. So they know what they're talking about. So for me, that big thing was just trusting them. And, you know, it, it was hard at times, but I just had to keep reminding myself that I don't know what's best for me right now. 
uh, clearly. Um, so I just need to put trust in the people that really, really know. And especially, you know, having to, uh, at least I know two of the people that I work with have had eating disorders in their past and hearing their, their stories and where they are now. I think hearing even that, that they have come out on the other side, they clearly know how to do it. And I was, you know, just having to put my, my full faith in them and just trust that I, I, I just, I can't trust myself and just really being like, they're going to help me. They know what's best. I just have to listen to them and not my voice in my head, which, you know, yeah. was hard. And at that point when everything is going on and you are getting help and you are um, leaning into the process. And I mean, it is a process and it's something mm -hmm. that every single day you're going to wake up and you're going to have to make choices to do this, which yeah. is why I wanted to have you on because um, throughout season one, we focused on careers and the mm. motivation behind your career and going after it, which yeah. you have as well with these, you have an, an abundant, incredible acting career. Oh. But I've also recognize just from you and I talking and a, a bunch of the other people that we've had on this season, sometimes people wake up and they have to have the motivation to make the choices to be healthy and the choices right. for themselves. And right. I know that people listening right now are maybe struggling to get started with those yeah, choices. Right. And I know that when I was going through everything and mm -hmm. I, I still deal with it every day where oh, I'm like, yeah, do same. you really need a taco right now, Krizny, like you haven't worked right. out this morning. Like, are you sure that's a choice you want to make? And you, I, I don't think we'll ever not have those voices. It's a matter yeah. of also having a community around you to be like, Hey, I have that voice too. It's not real. And I know that it feels really real, but I'm a voice and I'm a human and it's not real. But I know that you talked a little bit about it and I did the same thing where I was in an extremely toxic relationship, mm. one of the first relationships I was ever in. And he was the one who really pushed that oh. body shaming and oh, hatred my. of my own voice. Yeah, it was not good. And then I was like, oh, well, if this guy that I really like and um, he's my boyfriend and he, he also says that like, I'm, at, I'm fat or I shouldn't have this oh. ice cream, then it's right. My voice is right. And so we have these perpetual, right. when you look for something, you will find it. And if you want right. to have that voice validated, you will find people to validate it yep. and you push everything and everyone away. That's like, Hey, I'm worried about you, blah, blah. blah. And you're like, yeah. I don't want to hear this. Like, I don't want to yeah. face this. And you push them away. How right. did you bring that community back into your life of all those people that were so concerned for you and showing you love, but you weren't ready to accept it uh, much. Like I, I think everyone who's gone through this, it, it's a process for sure. Yeah. I, I think for me, my biggest thing was uh, when I talked to my meal coach, you know, she was about to move away. And for me having meals with her was the greatest thing ever. Cause it, you know, it was a good distraction. It, it kept me grounded. I wasn't just staring at this food, being very overwhelmed by the fact that I was, you know, eating all of this. I could just like, it was, a, it was a good way to not think, to not overthink about it. Um, so what I did was I, I had reached out to two friends of mine um, who I was close with at the time, but not like extremely, extremely close. But one was my friend Madison, who I became close with my junior year when we did a show together. And then my friend Marin, who we really became close. Like she, she helped me through my breakup. And then uh, we, we weren't really close before that at all. Um, but I just, I really liked that the energy they gave and I just felt, I just knew they were really good people and I wanted to be friends with them. And I just, I asked them out to dinner and, uh, I took them to a nice little restaurant and I, you know, I was just like, this is cause I really hadn't told anyone at this point what I was going through. I, I kept it to myself. 
Um, and I just sat them down and I'm like, so I am going through this right now and I really could use some help. And I would love if maybe the three of us could go out to dinner or lunch or have meals together every so often, just, you know, to just to, as a good reminder and accountability just a healthy and- point. Yeah. And they were amazing and were like, absolutely, whatever you need. We're here, of course. And they're two of my best friends and, and they're the great, and they've all, they've really been helpful. Yeah, they are. And I honestly, I think when I started recovery and, and I was more vocal about it, uh, a lot of people then, cause I mean, a lot of people came to me during it and, you know, were worried and expressed concerns, but I didn't want to hear any of it. So when I, when I started talking about starting recovery and people, you know, knew, cause we are in a small program, everyone knows, um, that was, that also really was a great way for people to, that reached out and were very, very willing to help and were very supportive, uh, which, I, which was not surprising because they were all great people, but it was a really refreshing thing that, you know, I didn't feel like they just gave up on me because I, you know, they didn't, they weren't like, oh, well, whatever, Haley, she's doing her own thing. It was nice that they were all still there to be supportive and, and show love, which was really great. Yeah. And to people listening right now who are like, oh my God, through hearing your story, through hearing some of these warning signs, they're like, I feel like I know someone like this. And it's very hard. Um, I know that I have seen people and I recognize a lot of the warning signs just having gone through it. I know it's very, very hard to take that step to be like, hey, I'm here. I feel like maybe there's something going on. Um, if there's anything you want to talk about, like I'm here, do you have any kind of advice or recommendations for people who are like, holy shit, hearing this, I know someone who might be going through this. How do I approach them? Like, how do I talk to them and let them know that they're not alone? Like I'm here and I want to help. Yeah. It's, it's so tricky because, you know, I think a big, a big issue with this is it's, it's very, if you don't want help, you're not going to get it. You, you know, you kind of have to find it on your own. But uh, I, I think if you notice something in someone, I would say something and, you know, don't, don't attack them. Don't, don't be judgmental. Just, just come from a place of love and support that, you know, you're worried for them. You've noticed some, some things that don't seem like healthy behavior and you just want to make sure everything's okay. And just offer to be an ear for someone to just, you know, even if they're just, cause talking about it is, is the biggest thing. Because that's, I think, is the biggest thing with eating disorders in general is not no, not a lot of people talk about it. Now now it's become less, a little less taboo, but still people don't talk about it. And that's how eating disorders, they thrive on isolation and they get you alone and that you don't talk about it out of shame. And then that's how they spiral to get worse. So I think just going to someone and just expressing your concerns uh, and and just saying, I'm here to talk. And I think that's a great first step because, you know, even just in then talking to you, you can give advice, you can, you know, and that might then make them realize that there might be something wrong. Cause that's, that's kind of what happened to me. I, I, you know, I still, I didn't want to change, but when I, you know, my boyfriend would come to me with concerns all the time and be like, I'm really worried about you. I, this is, I don't like this behavior. I'm, I'm worried that this is going to get worse. And, you know, and then my parents would always say stuff like that. My brother would come to me and he's like, I'm just really scared. You're going to die. And just hearing stuff like that, you're like, oh, okay. So there obviously is a problem. So it's a good way to open people's eyes to it. But again, don't be don't be uh, aggressive or upset if they're not ready to change yet. Because just opening that door for them to talk to you will help inside a change. 
Yeah. And for people who, again, aren't necessarily familiar with eating disorders and it is, I, I feel it is still very taboo. Um, mm-hmm. and it is, it does, like you said, thrive on shame yeah. and a lot of where it spirals from is guilt and shame and hatred of yourself and other types of manifestation and, um, commentary and expectations of bodies. Um, but also to recognize that, eating disorders don't create just one type of body. I know that there are people who are considered plus size, which I hate hate that that phrase. Oh God. I hate it so much, Um, Mm. but they're considered plus size and people are like, oh, well she needs to lose weight and blah, blah, blah. And the woman might not have eaten for like four days straight, or she might've been binging and like making herself throw up because she already hates what she looks like. But sometimes your body, that's the way it's shaped. And I am every day I have to wake up and look at myself in the mirror and be like, all right, this, this is what we're working with today. But my body did not look like your body when when we were both kind of spiraling. And that's, that's a portion of it. So even if you see someone who's extremely skinny, I know some of the skinniest people in the world and they eat a refrigerator worth at lunch and that's just the way their metabolism is. So it's really hard to pinpoint, but there are, I feel some signs and some, um, warnings that there's something going on, but I do want to let people know it's not just a body type. Um, exactly. And you can't be like, well, this girl's super, super skinny. So she must have an eating disorder because that's also a stigma um, around it. And that's not always the case. Right. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because that's the thing is, you know, I think it's more behavioral than anything. I, I don't think because, you know, I think that's so rude that people will look at someone who's even just an average weight. And if they are going through an eating disorder, people will be like, well, no, look at them. They're fine. They're not like skin and bones. That's not what an eating disorder is. That can be, but that's not what it is. It's just, it's the behavior, it's the mindset and it's the destruction. That's what it is. So I think, I think that's really, I think that's still a really hard thing for people to get a grasp of is that there's, it's not just being really skinny and sick. That's not it. And that's, and that's, I think why it is hard for some people to get help because other people are like, well, they look fine. They're obviously fine. But you're like, no, it's all up in your head. If your head's not fine, you're not fine. Yeah. And I think that's something um, definitely I wanted to touch on. And also like what you talked about, of uh, the working out. I know that sometimes I really need to check myself. I'm a, I'm a very, um, I have an addictive personality. So like, <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> it's a challenge. So yeah. Um, I try, I, I check myself with drinking. So like I'll do a, a month of sobriety or like this past year, I did three months of sobriety because I was like, I feel like we're going a little hard this year. So <laughs> I just try and check and balance. But with, yeah. um, with my personal experience with an eating disorder, I would run, um, track and I would be running miles and miles and miles and I hadn't eaten in days. And that was what I was used to. And I was a ballerina for a multitude of years. And so I'm not used to performing and, um, executing things physically with eating, like with food in my body. So still to this day, like when I go on set, I can't have food in my body. It just makes me feel out of whack and out of caliber. But then I recognize like, okay, I'm going to be on a shooting day from this time to this time. These are my scenes. This is when I have off. You really need to process the fact of like it, you digest the food and it's a thought process of, Oh, if I eat lunch, but I have a scene like three hours later, I'm still going to look bloated. I'm like, girl, that food is processed. She is gone. Go to the bathroom. I know. And also (laughs) the thing with, 
bloated. That that was always a huge issue with me because I I have what my family calls the Klein bloat. That's my mom's side of the family, and we all have it. We eat, we can eat anything, like little or small, and we distend. Our stomachs get huge. You posted but, a photo on Instagram of yeah. you in a bikini, like before and after, and you have like your little oh. pregnant baby. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like that's just how our family is. But another thing with bloating is that a lot of the time, and even you know, sometimes I'll get it more than others, but a lot of the time it's really not noticeable and it's all in your head because that's, that was a huge thing I had to work through was that full doesn't equal fat. That that's just, it's full, full as a feeling. It's not Mm -hmm. the reality of your body. If you feel really bloated, that's not how you're always going to be. It's going to go away. You just have to give it time. And if you're uncomfortable, just sit through it, work through it because it's going to go away. And like for me, I never, I never used to eat before. Like you, I never used to eat before auditions. I never used to eat when I was filming because I wanted to look really good. But then I was, my brain was so distracted that I was shit at acting because I, I was so, I was so everywhere because food, food gives you energy. It makes you focus. So now before an audition, before I film, I have to make sure that I'm eating three meals. And if I'm hungry, I'll eat snacks because I have to make sure that I'm at my top you know, energy and health level that I, I could be fully available and present because without it, it just, it can mess, it can mess you up. Yeah. And you, you will notice, um, I think signs, uh, I definitely will notice what I'm super stressed or when I'm going through something really, really hard, I will feel myself going back into habits and I will feel myself going back into spiraling. Cause you know, I'm a Virgo. I love <laughs> It's a problem. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my life is out of order and I've yeah. already cleaned the house top to bottom. All right. Well, I guess I'll just start counting my calories there you because go. I have to have something I can control. Right. And that's right. Um, not healthy. And it's also something like what we were saying, you're going to deal with this every single day. Uh, it's something that I need to be checked on. It's something that my friends have recognized in me. And they're like, hey, I've noticed that you're doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Let me take a step back. And I'm, it's not always easy being called out. It doesn't get any easier. I don't think I get really defensive and I'm like, I'm fine. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm so hungry. And that's why I'm being a bitch. I'm so sorry. Um, and my ex-boyfriend would call me out on it all the time. He's like, Hey, I haven't seen you eat in a really long time. And I'm like, Oh, but I've been so busy. I've been doing this. And he goes, Hey, take a second you need to eat before you do this. And he would like make sure I'm eating. So Mm. it's something that you're going to do like deal with for the rest of your life. Do you have any kind of advice for people who are in recovery? You're going to be in recovery for the rest of your life, but also feel that they're spiraling and that they're getting back into old habits because of maybe something going on in their life. I mean, quarantine is really hard. Quarantine has been really, really rough. Oh dude, I've gained weight, but I've, you know, just working through that. That's okay that it's your body's not failing you. We're in a global pandemic. Everything has changed. Our routines have changed. Our, our exercise and just like, just overall active levels have changed. And I think to, to, to just be kind to ourselves right now is, is huge. Cause I I'm struggling with that myself, being kind to myself and, in you know, gaining weight and being okay with it. And, you know, this isn't how the world, I mean, fingers crossed, but this isn't how it's going to be, you know, forever. Everything will go back to normal. And, you know, we should just instead right now be really, really proud of our bodies that they're keeping us healthy and they are keeping us safe during this time. And we, you know, there are, we're going through a lot. 
all of us are going through a lot right now. So we should, you know, at least be kind to ourselves because, you know, there, we can't change this right now. So why beat ourselves up over something that we can't change? Um, mm-hmm. But my advice, I wrote some stuff down. Just so oh I wouldn't God, forget. Yes. I have ADHD and um, I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, so, okay. So for things, especially for right now, uh, what I when I started recovery, a great thing that my uh, therapist told me to do was every morning, which it's, it's going to feel like a lot, but it'll help, is to write down five things you like about yourself. And even just do it, even, you know, in the beginning, you're like, oh, God. I, um, what do I like about myself or, Oh God, this is so tedious to, you know, but even like, just I'm doing, breathing. I know I'm like, I'm breathing. I woke up today. That's amazing. Like, you know, I, even I moved. Just, right, which right now is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> yep. Um, but even just writing down five things you like, even if they're just min- minuscule things, or even, even if it is that I got out of bed today, even just like something little that you can be proud of yourself for and just remind yourself. It's just like a constant thing to keep your brain working and, and to keep being kind to yourself is a great thing. Um, Oh girl, get rid of that scale. That's what I will say to everyone. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I've, I threw out my scale like, Oh my God, four or five years ago. Um, the only time I've been weighed is at my nutritionist office. Yep. And she, oh, at the doctor, at the doctor, I tell them that I don't want to see it sometimes. If I'm in a place, if I'm struggling, you? thanks. Yeah. If I'm struggling, if I'm, you know, cause sometimes I'm okay. Sometimes it's fine to see, but you know, if it's been a while since I've been weighed or I'm feeling, you know, if I'm PMSing, if I'm feeling not great about my body, I'll just say to the nurse, I'll be like, Hey, can you just not tell me what my weight is? And just, you know, going through some body stuff and I don't want to know. And they won't tell you, which is a nice, you know, so you don't have to oh, always know that I'm definitely yeah. using that. Yeah, do it. it's I'm telling you, it was a lifesaver for me because that can be really triggering too, is especially when you go to a doctor, you have all your clothes on. It's normally in the middle yeah. of the day, you've already eaten. Yeah, already like, ate. <laughs> so, you know, you're already holding extra weight than you would when you wake up. So and also our bodies, they fluctuate between five to ten pounds. Like you're not your one weight is not your weight all the time. Your body moves up or down, and that's just and that's Throughout five pounds. Not the day. Five, five to tens up, five to ten pounds down. That's just you know, it can change whenever. So that for me really helped was telling doctors like, hey, I just don't, I don't want to know today because that helps just avoid that. And then yeah, just get rid of the scale because it does nothing but bring negativity. And you don't need a number to determine how you're going to feel about yourself for the day. Because that would be my. Th- if I, I think- woke up and weighed myself and it was higher than normal, or or I would be so depressed that day and I would just hate on myself so so much. And I don't, you don't need that. A friend of ours uh, got rid of her scale in the most iconic way. Um, And I would just say, break up with your scale. And that's how Mm -hmm. you can focus on it. It's a relationship. Mm -hmm. This is a relationship with your body. It's a relationship with that horrible voice inside your head. And it's a relationship with your scale. And that scale is toxic. It's a man who doesn't love you. It's a man who doesn't come home at night, doesn't answer his phone. You need to break up with the scale. (laughs) And so... Our friend took her scale outside and smashed it with a hammer. Stop. Oh, yes. And so that's how she broke up with her scale. And I was like, oh, my God. It's what we always wish we could do to those toxic men. And you can't. But (laughs) you can do it to your scale. Just imagine that man, you know. Smash it. Yes, please send me the photos of your smash scale. I'm going to make like a collage of it. I want everyone's smash scale as like my background on my phone. (laughs) <laughs> yep. I, when I, when I went up in jean sizes, when I, when I was doing weight restoration, uh, I ended up burning my 
jeans that were really, you know, that were a lot smaller because I went, you know what? I, cause part of me wanted to hang on to it as in, well, oh, yeah. what if this is me again? And I went, no, we're not going back to that. We're not going to touch on that. That's gone. That's a different part of our life. So I just burned them in a fire pit and it was great. It was very cathartic to do. Yes. Um, okay. Love it. Uh, also, oh, okay. Uh, well for mirrors, for me, which I've always, I've been given great advice on it is to don't, don't stare in the mirror for too long. Just get dressed for, if you got to look at yourself to get dressed, get dressed, look at yourself and then walk away. Because I mean, even, even like just looking at like your face, if you stare at your face for long enough, your brain's going to start warping things and you're going to be like, wait, I never noticed that weird. You start looking real weird. I'm like, how has anyone ever been attracted to me? I look like a ghoul. So like your brain will just make these things up. So for me, I, you know, especially if you're having body issues, do not stare in the mirror for long because it's just going to, it's going to make you see things that aren't there, which is not, not healthy. Um, and then especially because I definitely did that when I was going through everything, I would avoid them like the black plague. Uh, the mirrors, they're like a bitter edge sword. Like we need them in our lives because girl, you're getting dressed in the dark. You probably don't look your best and you don't feel your best. So you need to at least look at how you're going out in public. Right. Um, You're like, Oh wait, I should. Uh, okay. Yeah. Not have worn that. (laughs) Right. Uh, Oh no, I lost it. All right. Well, that's that. But, uh, but also, uh, uh, I this account I follow on Instagram I really recommend her name is Mix Mixazon M I K Z A Z O N she's amazing okay she's all about body body positivity and normalizing normal bodies and she had touched on um, weight gain and if you know in the pandemic if you if you if your jeans don't fit anymore who cares that it's not a big deal your body didn't fail you um, and for me if that if you do happen to go up, that's fine. That's who it's not a big deal. Again, it's sizing. You could be up in another brand and could be the same in another. Um, but for me, something that helped a lot was when I was doing, you know, weight restoration and I, and I knew my jeans, uh, weren't fitting anymore. Great advice. My, uh, nutritionist gave me was to go shopping for new jeans, but to bring someone with you, like a friend or your mom or whoever, uh, I brought my mom, obviously, <laughs> um, and have them go out and get you the jeans in different sizes. You don't look at the sizes at all. You try them on and then whatever feels the best is what you're going to go with. So you don't have to feel bad about putting on this size and seeing it. You just, you go by your feeling, which I think is a huge, a huge part of this. Yeah. That's what my, uh, my mom always said, where I, I do not have a good relationship with the scale. Again, I have yeah. like obsessive. I would look at the number. I would want to know. I would weigh myself like eight times a day and be like, how did I gain four pounds in like two hours? And I'm right. like, oh yeah, the body. Right. Um, but she would always say, how do you feel in that outfit? Yeah. Um, especially when I was trying to go through my recovery and my process. Um, and she would be like, do you feel pretty? And I'm like, yeah, I feel pretty, but like, I don't know, it's this size. And she goes, well, no. Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel pretty? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And she goes, okay, that's all that matters. Right. And so right. it is a feeling. Um, it takes a while to get there. Oh um, man, a long time. You will get there for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, just surround, like you said before, surrounding yourself with people that know and that can hold you accountable too. Like, uh, my roommate, Anna, my girl, she, uh, you- she, she holds me accountable all the time. If I, if she notices anything, 
And she brings it up in such a way that she's so compassionate and so it's never felt judgmental. It's never felt like an attack. It's always very, it's always from a place of kindness and concern. And she's just like, Hey, I've just noticed that maybe you didn't have enough for dinner or maybe you didn't do this or maybe this, or maybe you're like do work excessively working out on this thing, or maybe you need to calm. So that for me really helps. So it's a good way to check yourself. Um, especially right now, it's really hard to, you know, we're all stuck here in our homes. Obsessing. We can't go out. Obs- and that's, yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what are people going to think? And I'm like, no one's going to care. People are going to be like, that's so cool that you're okay right now. And that you're functioning you, and that you're safe. You're doing it every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's like a huge, a huge thing. I am really, um, I'm excited to know your answer about this. So I know I've talked to you about like the creation of the podcast and where it came from. And my, again, as I say, people are going to be worried about me by the end of this episode, my obsession with motivation, um, where I'm just really inspired and I'm intrigued by other people. I mean, we're both artists. That's kind of, I love humanity and I love humans so much. And so um, you talked a little bit about when you were going through everything that you didn't know if you could do it for your parents. You didn't know if you could do it for you. You didn't know if you could do it at all. But the beautiful thing is it's been years now and you're doing it every single day. So yeah. first of all, congratulations oh, to you. Cause you. it's, Same to it's you. really inspiring. Thank, thank you. you. And so do you know if you could kind of narrow it down to one thing or maybe a few things of like, what keeps you chipping away every single day? Like what keeps your hammer on the rock making these choices for yourself and maybe for others? Um, that's a great question. Uh, honestly, I, I mean, a big part of it is my family um, just because they've always been so supportive and, and just have been the greatest people in my life. So for me, I want to, I, I just want life to be good for them and, and they've given me everything possible to be healthy and to continue. So I, for them, I do it. Um, also my career is a huge thing because I was told by, uh, two casting directors in LA when I went out there and I, I had gone out there, um, oh gosh, uh, senior year. I, I had, I was a couple months into recovery and I, you know, I'd started gaining weight back and, and I, at this point I was okay. I felt fine. I was, you know, I was at a, uh, still low, but normal weight for me. I looked way better. Um, and they had pulled me aside and they were just like, Hey, we just want to make sure you're okay. Um, because we've noticed like that, you know, you, we've noticed that you would only have like a certain thing for lunch or, or whatever. And I still, I still had those little things and they were like, just so you know, people will not want to hire you if you don't look healthy. And if you don't, if, if you seem like a liability or if, if they're worried about you, people, they don't want, they don't want to hire you because they want people that are safe and that are taking care of themselves. And that for me hit a huge, huge struck in my heart. I was like, Oh my God, wait, really? I'm like, you don't want thick, thin little, little people. And they were like, no, we want people that can do the job and that are not, you know, that, that can, that can do it. That are, that's what they want. So for me, that really, really helped too. So a lot of it is for my career that I can, you know, that I can keep do, cause I know when I'm at my healthiest, I do my best work. Um, so that for me is another, another huge reason to keep doing it is that I want to be at my best and I want to, I want to be able to, uh, you know, connect to things and not be distracted. So that's another huge thing. And then also, you know, for myself and for, 
my a great a great thing uh, that I've been told before is to do it for your little your little kid self and um, to like treat yourself as like how would you treat yourself at the age of like three years old? You Aww. would care for it. You would be kind to it. You would be compassionate to it. it it's it's a baby. You want you want the yeah. best. You would never want to say horrible things to this little little child. You wouldn't want to make them not eat or or feel bad about their body or or shame them in any way. You want to protect them. And you know, so for me, I try and think of it as I want this for myself, and I also want this for that little kid who you know, had no idea about any of this and, and just wanted to grow up and, and just, you know, be a, be a cool adult and just have a great life. So I think that also for me is really, really helpful. Oh, that makes it literally makes me want to cry. I have like full body chills right now. I definitely know the little girl that is like my daughter. I've nannied her for years. Um, she was going through body. I mean, she will for the rest of her life. I I feel like every woman and man does, but, um, she was questioning a lot about her body and Mm -hmm. everyone, she lives on the Upper East Side, everyone's baby stick fan. I mean, she's not even 13 and she was like, Oh, she's like, I don't like it. I'm bigger than all the other girls. I'm taller because both of her parents are over six feet tall. Wow. And she's like, I'm awkward. Oh, yeah. Super tall family. <laughs> year old is almost taller than you. I'm like, gee. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. But she was asking me all this stuff. And she's opening up to me because I'm, I'm like her big sister. And yeah. I came home. And I was just sobbing because I was like, the advice I gave to her was advice that I didn't listen to when I was about her age, when I was going through everything. And um, then I was just like, oh my God, I needed this gut check. Um, And then I think that's beautiful. That's a really, really good way of thinking about things. Yeah. Because I think it's easy Uh, to forget about yourself a lot and and to just think of yourself as a body. But I think when you think even just putting yourself as like a little kid that just, that hit something deep within you. Because something about kids, you're just like, oh God. And then thinking about your little, your little pure self and, you know, all the damage that you've done to it and just to, just to be kind to it and just to remember that little, like you wouldn't do that to that little, little version of yourself. So why do it to yourself now? Oh, I love that. I'm going to go like talk to little Krisnia after this. Oh, it's, it's a good thing <laughs> to do it. just to check in with your yeah. little self. Well, where can people find you, Hales? Because I know that you have a lot of love to give and Um, you are really an incredible resource for people to reach out when they're struggling. I know that I've seen you at parties and I'm like, girl, I feel like I haven't eaten in two days and I'm not doing well. And you're like, let's go get pizza. (laughs) So I know that there's going to be probably quite a few people who reach out to you, um, maybe with their story or maybe with questions. Um, so we encourage them to do so, please. I'm here to talk. I'd love to talk about it. It's, it's better to talk about it. So please message me. Yeah. You have your own personal Instagram, but you also have an incredible Instagram that you created just for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's my recovery account called happy, healthy hails. Uh, I've, I've been kind of crap with it just because life got a little crazy over the past year and whatnot. Um, but I'm, I have plans to restart it again and to, to start posting on it again, just not only for, you know, to help other people, but it also is really cathartic for myself and it, and it holds me accountable for my own, my own recovery behavior and actions. Um, so yeah, so on there, I have a lot of, I still have a lot of old posts on there that you can see, but I'll be posting more on there. And then my normal account, which is hail underscore Griffith, I think. 
I'm terrible at social media. I don't know. We'll, we'll tag you. <laughs> okay, great. Right, thank you. We'll find you. <laughs> and you also, for people to support your career, because through all of this recovery and incredible journey you've been through, she's also like a bomb-ass actress <laughs> as well as like a bomb-ass person. So she has this movie out that I hope everyone reaches out to you, but also goes and watches this movie. We have nothing else going on, guys. So if you I need mean, a good laugh, if you want to get laugh some gore, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so tell me a little bit about it. So, Satanic Panic is the movie, and uh, it's about a pizza delivery girl named Sam, and she's uh, starting her first day at her very first job and trying to make make some money because she's poor as heck, and she gets sent on the delivery from hell, literally. She gets sent to a a house full of uh, Satanists who are going to, uh, they're trying to sacrifice a virgin, and unfortunately for Sam... She is a virgin and and then chaos ensues, as they say. <laughs> you guys can find it on Amazon and you can find it on um iTunes. I don't know if people still buy movies on I iTunes. I don't know about that. Um I don't know, but I'll plug it for you. That's Thanks. You <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought it on Amazon. So oh, that's thank how I you. bought it. Yeah, I strongly recommend it, especially if you guys just want to see Haley and support her, but also like this incredible movie and it was an awesome team, awesome cast. So I strongly recommend it. It's a great way to turn um, your brain off right now. <laughs> which we all need. I can we only want too much Vanderpump before oh, my brain melts. Dude, I, I've I've watched so much. Oh, I know deck you below deck is just I finished much. it all. It's a problem. I need help right now. <laughs> oh my god. She posted on Instagram the other day of her holding an espresso martini and she's like, This is what they drink on the show, so I must drink it. And I was like, We've lost her. We've officially lost her. Oh, yeah. I'm fully Bronco. gone now. I'm I'm becoming a yachty. <laughs> Get ready. Here I go. <laughs> Dead. Okay, well maybe I shouldn't plug your movie career. Go visit Haley. Plug my new yacht. yachting career. <laughs> um, and before I let you go, I know that we kind of touched on it a little bit throughout the episode, but a huge reason why I wanted to start this podcast was I was in a really, really bad place when um, my dad was telling me about chipping away. And he was like, it's your rock. Just keep chipping away at it. You're going to get there and it'll be fine. Um, I was just horribly depressed. I was horribly unfocused. I didn't know how to be an actress in a, a career. I had just graduated college and I was like, oh my God, I'm drowning. And so I knew a lot of people feel that way too. And I was talking to people in my community and that's really kind of what brought me out of it and brought me into this place of wanting to create and connect with other people. And I know that people do listen to this podcast and they are hoping for motivation and they are hoping for a little bit of inspiration or a light in this darkness that we're all going through because they are not alone. Do you have any kind of advice or a little bit of light that you can share with um, some of these people on this motivational Monday? I think to just keep pushing forward. Um, I, I think, you know, especially right now, it's a really hard, really hard time for a lot of people. Um, I think it's really hard for people's mental health. Uh, I, I think it's it's just a really, really rough time. Uh, so I think to just to just keep do, do things for you that will make you happy. Um, do, do crafts, watch something, do, do something interactive that, that will make you feel good and to just, just give yourself love and to just practice self-care, just, just really take care of yourself right now and do, do anything that will make you happy because it'll make you feel better. It'll make you more motivated to do things. It just, it's a good check for yourself. I like that. Well, I, if you guys want to do crafts, I mean, our, our listeners know I'm obsessed with adult coloring books right now. Oh, they're so, so good. I'm here. 
oh my God, it's my anxiety like flies away and it, it allows you to control things. Again, right, I'm a control exactly. freak. Me too. So I control the color scheme of yep. my fuck <laughs> this color page yes. because a friend of ours sent fuck coronavirus, a coloring book. Stop. And basically it's just pages of like, I hate this fuck this and for so I'm a very positive person I hope <laughs> but sometimes you just gotta color fuck honestly this and a feel big it. part of it is just saying fuck it sometimes and just honestly another good thing just scream honestly Ooh. just scream I scream all the time my family is gonna go crazy from it <laughs> but sometimes you just gotta get it out you gotta get that little excess uh, out so just you know also yeah. just scream it's really good yeah well, I hope that you guys got a little bit of inspiration. I know that I did. I'm definitely going to go talk to my three-year-old self. I think that's absolutely Aww. such a beautiful way to think about things. Um, again, please reach out to Haley. Please reach out to me if you are struggling, if you do want to talk about things. Um, Haley is very active. You did the whole um, Eating Disorder Awareness March. You're really, really active in the community. Um, and you create beautiful, safe spaces for people, which is why I was really excited to have you on. Um, so I just want everyone listening to know everyone goes through it. Even if it's not like a full-blown eating disorder, the full-blown spiral, we know what it's like to just wake up and be like, God, I hate myself today. And that doesn't matter if you're a man, a woman, anybody. Like I know that everybody wakes up at some point and is like, I just hate myself today and I don't know who needs to hear it but I think you're beautiful and I think everyone should listen to Haley's advice just go say five things about yourself in the mirror or go write down five things about yourself so you can read it later um there's a lot of people who love you and who care about you even if you're not ready to accept it and we are two people who are here for you today so oh I love that <laughs> I love you. Thank I you love so much you. for coming Thank on. Thank you for having me on. I was so excited. This was so great. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their Monday. And we will tune in back next week for another Chipping Away episode for yet another Motivational Monday. Thank you, guys. Chipping away, chipping away.